go work in the vineyard by their father. One said no, then later yes, and one said yes, then later no. It was the first son, the one who said yes, then no, no, the other way around. The one who said no, then yes, I was just seeing if you were listening. (laughs) It was that one whom Jesus commended to the chief priests, saying even the tax collectors and the prostitutes would enter the kingdom of heaven ahead of them. We also have a reading from the Apocrypha, namely from the song of the three young men that were with Daniel in the fiery furnace. The third part of that song or psalm is what we heard today. A hymn of praise they sang when they realized their deliverance with the refrain, praise and exalt him above all forever, repeated many times in each naming a different feature of the world. And that reading is apt for our focus today as it is on the care of creation and on St. Francis of Assisi, whom we also mark. As we have a parable about two sons, so I want to tell you a story about two Francis's. The first, as mentioned, is Francis of Assisi. He was born in 1181. After a rather frivolous life, taking, as one commentator put it with a high degree of understatement, an active part in the social life of the city, (laughs) he, he rejected everything that he had received from his father and famously and in front of the bishop of Assisi renounced all his father's wealth, including the clothes that he was wearing. And so, from that point on, Francis dressed in a grey-brown peasant's smock given to him by the bishop and a piece of rope for a belt and began his life of embracing poverty. As he set out on his new and radically different course of life, he knelt before a Byzantine-style crucifix in the half-ruined church of San Damiano and prayed. The crucifix seemed to speak to him, Francis, it seemed to say, go and rebuild my church, which you see is in ruins. And so he did. Gradually, others gathered around him, and he began preaching tours around Italy. He prepared a simple life, a rule of life for his followers, and the order of Friars Minor was born. The order grew rapidly and spread all over Europe and beyond. Francis combined in his life many strands, mission preacher, lover of animals, for which he is most famous, ascetic, mystic, dramatic fool for Christ, which is a lovely description, isn't it? A happy singer and a troubadour of God. He died in 1226 and just two years later was canonized. Much loved but misunderstood, Francis is today chiefly thought of, as I've said, as an animal and nature lover. And while this is a strand of his spirituality, there is much more to it as well. His rejection of material possessions and security, his deep love of the by no means perfect church of his day, his missionary zeal and his deep devotion to the passion of his master, whom he strove to follow so closely, 
are all features of his life that carry through to those who follow his example even today. And in this parish, we have several of our parishioners who belong to the Third Order of the Franciscans and follow many of those um, examples that he set. The second Francis in this story, whom everybody called Frank, described himself in the following way. The less said about my childhood, the better. In spite of good parents and a good home, I was generally an unpleasant, rebellious and disobedient child. All kinds of corrective practices were tried with little success and I caused my parents a great deal of distress. Well, that Francis was born on the 26th of September, 1913, 110 years ago, last Tuesday, as it happens. And he was born at 523 Hillside Road, Dunedin, the fourth of five sons of a bootmaker. He went on to write, interest in missionary work had been fostered by my parents' involvement in the China Inland Mission Support, which was practical and prayerful, and by Mr. Grokut, who had served as a missionary in Bolivia. To get us interested in his work, his strategy was that if we behaved, if we misbehaved rather in Bible class, which we often did, he would invite us home for tea, fill us up with cream cake, and show us slides and pictures of his time in Bolivia. Now there's a mission strategy for you. Well, perhaps it had some success, because Frank writes, in 1936, I applied to serve with the China Inland Mission and was accepted to sail in 1937. Both these Francis's were called by God, and both, like the two sons in the parable, initially said no until they said yes. They both embraced a life that came at great personal cost that they chose, one in Italy and the other in China. They both had people that creatively and prayerfully and perhaps even forcefully led them to where they would go. In the sacrament of baptism, which we have marked today, we are collectively, creatively, and prayerfully saying to the newly baptized, you are now a pilgrim with us. We are committing to nurture Imogen in the faith we share so that she may grow to love, worship, and serve God. Many will join with us in that nurturing and commitment in years to come. Some will play a large role, some only a walk on part, some may well try to use cream cakes and slideshows, some will give new clothes to wear, or even clothes that have meaning to the family as today Imogen is wearing a baptismal gown that has been passed through the family and who tell me is at least 80 years old. Many, indeed, all, of, I'm sure of us, will pray for Imogen, for we are with her all pilgrims together. Finally, a coda. 
There is much more to the story of the second Francis, of course. There must have been something about the prayers of his parents and, as he described it, his long-suffering pastor, who, the story goes, would go to the back pew where these five rowdy boys would sit and disrupt every service, and the pastor would go there and pray, perhaps that he would be called elsewhere. (laughs) But we think probably not, uh, praying for those five rowdy boys. And those prayers worked because all of them went on into ministry in one form or another. So there you go. Never give up praying. Frank went to China, came back in the early 1950s, went into Baptist ministry in Gore, Nelson and Tower in Wellington. He and his wife Marjorie would have five children and 17 grandchildren, including me who by, I might suggest, a slightly less rebellious route, uh, find myself here at St Barnabas in Findleton with you, lovely lot. (laughs) There's a collect that we associate with St Francis, and it seems in light of the pilgrimages that we are all on, perhaps newly so as one just baptised as Imogen is, perhaps in the middle of it, perhaps at a turning point, perhaps toward its end, to pray this collect by way of conclusion. And it is in keeping what we know of Francis and his style uh, and its directness, and it is this, and let me pray it. Holy Jesus, give us something of Francis's simplicity, something of his recklessness, something of his obedience. Give us the courage to understand what you say and to do it. Amen.